0: Truth is, I am Iron Man.
1: I solemnly swear that I am up to no good. What is going on? What are you doing? To infinity and beyond! This is the way. The flux capacitor!
2: Is Star Wars the one with
3: the little wizard boy? Chewie,
0: we're home. Avengers! Assemble. Oh, chills. Literal chills.
4: Hello, fellow fans, tonight we found the podcast. Unite with me is my co-host, the yodeler Brian. Yodela hee who, Brian?
0: Hey, everyone. I'm uh, not going to put on the leader hose in like the Price is Right yodeler, though. I hope that's okay.
4: Would any amount of crowd cheering change your mind?
0: Might make it worse, actually, if I knew more people were watching.
4: Ooh, yikes. Okay, well, we hope our fellow fans enjoyed our last episode where Brian and I were joined by our guest host, Frank Hay, to discuss some of our favorite Thanksgiving sitcom episodes. We also hope you had a fun, memorable Thanksgiving. On this week's episode, Brian and I will be taking on a very controversial topic that divides so many. But first... Thank you all for uniting with us as we talk about all things fandom. Please give us a rate or review wherever you listen so we can unite with more fans out there to help us reach more fans as a fan of the show. And this month's sponsor, the one, the only piano man,
1: Rob. Hey guys, it's piano Rob. If you want to come check me out at some live dueling piano gigs, we're playing at the boathouse in Disney Springs every Friday, including Christmas day and a show on new year's Eve. And we're also playing at tin roof, on International Drive every Sunday night. So please follow me on social media. to Check those things out. Piano underscore Rob on Instagram and Piano Rob, R-O-B-B, two Bs at the end on Facebook. See you later.
4: Thank you for uniting with us, Rob. We really do appreciate it. Fan, thank you. Something else we appreciate. Thank you, Amy, over at Charmingly Elusive for being a fan of the show. And your kind words are appreciated. Thank you, Bruce Lee. Obviously not that one, but still just as cool. Thank you for enjoying the show and your messages. Thank you, Mark, over at Disney Life Podcast. He puts on a great show for all fans of the world of Disney while also being a fan of our show. Thank you, listeners of UWF. In Mark and Brian's world news, Marvel 616 on Disney Plus recently came out and i'm a huge fan of it highly recommended each episode brings something fun and different like episode one is about ja- japan's spider-man and there's a couple about how they make comic books women in the world of marvel so it's a great watch uh the last one the last episode i will warn you may be a tearjerker
0: brian did you check out marvel 616 I've seen a fair amount of it. I have not finished it. I really enjoyed it. I think it was the sixth episode about Funkos and the toy universe and the toy photographers and stuff like that. There's a lot of really cool stuff. I'm excited to finish that show.
4: Definitely. And a must for all nerds and fans out there. Netflix had The Queen's Gambit, and it's one of their most watched limited series? Series? Limited series? I don't know. I keep hearing different clarifications on what it's one of their most of check it out you don't have to be a fan of chess or like if you think it's boring the show really does a great job of keeping you intrigued and engaged in the queen's Gambit. and then let's see marvel they're really turning it up for wandavision since least uh, the other shows are delayed and delayed they're not letting us down with wandavision
0: brian are you getting excited with all these posters I don't know if they're delayed and delayed. They're getting back to normal. They did start shooting Hawkeye this week, and that's a lot of of good stuff. It's been confirmed pretty much, but not confirmed. Haley Steinfeld is Kate Bishop. That's super exciting. Uh, But WandaVision, um, we're recording this on Sunday, uh, December 6th. We got our third day in a row of WandaVision trailer, or excuse me, posters. And I think all these posters, we're going to get one for every Decade of shows we're going to get in WandaVision leading up to a trailer um, on I hope this I mean this is my theory by the time this episode comes out this theory could have well been proven wrong but I do expect that WandaVision trailer to debut on December 10th as part of Disney's investor day it's scheduled for 430 Eastern time 130 Pacific on December 10th. Um, and it's a four-hour presentation. So they're they're doing a lot of direct-to-consumer stuff. There's lots of rumors out there from a merge of Disney Plus and Hulu, all the way up to doing something similar to what Warner announced that they're doing this week in a day and date on their streaming service and in theaters kind of deal, um, which is pretty interesting. But yeah, Warner Warner kind of shook up the world this past week when they announced that what they were doing with the day and date releases, didn't they, Mark?
4: Yeah, I I know it. First, being the the movie theater lover, fan, and the one who's really hoping we don't lose movie theaters, at first, you know, it was kind of a gut punch, and I was sad. But then, the movies are starting to pile up, um, like really, really back up, and I get it. Warner Brothers wants people to see this. The filmmakers want people to see these movies. You know, I, I love that the director. Of Wonder Woman, she was, she keeps emphasizing seeing it in theaters where safe, but also, you know, see it on HBO. Like movies like Wonder Woman, Dune, Matrix, I think those movies definitely need to be seen in theaters. So if you can do it, and then, you know, if you want to watch it again, now you can go back and watch it at home at HBO uh, for a second viewing. But there were one or two movies that I'm like, okay, those can be seen at home. Brian, I know there's some that you were excited
0: about. Yeah, like, I mean, I think I probably need to go to the movie theater to see the new Space Jam. I mean, LeBron James does not replace Michael Jordan, in my opinion, but I will absolutely go see the (laughs) new Space Jam, especially if this multiverse Warner Brothers aspect of the whole thing is true. But, I mean, my argument has been, I have not seen any of the Matrix movies in the movie theater, and I still really like the matrix saga. Mm-hmm. So why do I need to see matrix four? If I haven't seen matrix one through three on the big screen, like that's kind of, that's kind of my thing. I I see what you're saying about the, right. the movie theater I, movies. And when we get to that point, like I'll go back to opening night at Marvel movies, but this really kills the rewatchability for sure.
4: Yeah. I mean like Godzilla versus Kong. I feel like it'll just go over so well. Seeing those two huge iconic characters on the big screen space jam honestly i think that movie i was okay with seeing on the smaller screen and tom and jerry that's fine on the smaller screen mortal Kombat, (laughs) which is looking pretty pretty epic smaller screen i love the conjuring movies and that whole universe but that i'm okay with the smaller screen in the heights i am beyond excited for it now i would say the smaller screen i'd be fine but i don't have that great of a sound system like you know like everyone brian who has something wonderful at home? So seeing that one in Dolby with that album, that soundtrack, ah, uh, that would have just, ah, uh, that would have been great to see that one on the
0: big screen. Now, in the Heights, if you're a fan of Hamilton, you should be looking forward to In the Heights. That is a Lin Manuel Miranda. Is Spielberg involved in In the Heights too? Right? No,
4: no, no. That was just uh, a okay. West Story. Yeah, oh, that was West. Okay,
0: okay. Yeah, my mistake. My mistake. Still, Lin Manuel, Lin Manuel Miranda is involved in In the Heights. Um, that's going to be a good one. The Suicide Squad is the one I'm looking forward to on this entire slate the most. Um I I mean, hopefully a vaccine coming, all that kind of stuff. We should be hopefully getting back to theaters soon. But I think Warner's opened up a can of worms that they can't put back. It's not like we're going to get all of 2021 and then all of a sudden when the Batman comes out in 2022 that it's all of a sudden theaters only. Like I think the pandora's box has been opening i don't think theaters are going to go away but i think you're going to see a reduction in theaters for sure which i mean is sad for that industry but at the same time these movie studios 80 million bucks tomorrow means a whole lot more than the potential of 200 million bucks a year from now in the world that they're living in where you just right now they've got to recoup some of that money and building out their streaming services is a long term investment
4: i i don't know how i forgot about the suicide squad i'm definitely excited for that one I know Warner Brothers did the safe answer of, hey, when things start to open back up again, this isn't permanent. Um, we will talk then. This is just how things are right now, which they had to say that. You can't upset the theater owners. And it's a good, safe answer. And I hope it's true that, you know, once things open back up, they will try to help reestablish the movie theaters
0: the one thing warner is doing is they're giving even on wonder woman they're giving a much bigger cut of ticket sales to the movie theaters rather than what is normal which was usually a 50 50 split i it hasn't been reported yet but it all re, all indications seem to lean that theaters are getting two-thirds to three four 66 to 75 percent of ticket sales on wonder woman just because they're taking a sacrifice by having that HBO max stuff out there. So that's, that's definitely got to be the future if theaters are going to be involved at all.
4: Right. And, you know, I feel like that's just smart business to not upset your friends and try to compensate them as much as possible. But yeah, as I was saying, I just, I can't imagine not having seen Lord of the Rings, Jurassic park, Titanic, end game, any of those movies in theaters. It just, it would have been a, different experiencing those at home for the first time and i know you know some people out there are like well i'm younger i saw them at home for the first time okay well for me i got to see star wars like the prequel trilogies on the big screen for the first time and it just it changed things so much so here's hoping theaters don't go
0: extinct you kind of sway me with the end game thing because there is nothing that i look on more fondly than opening night of endgame that was one of the funnest nights of my entire life at the same time i don't think that will ever be replicated again so i i really i'm talking out of both sides of my mouth for sure
4: you are but that's okay speaking of marvel though they just did a a, a really great thing for chadwick boseman our marvel king they did a new intro just like they had the stanley one They came out with one, and if you have Disney+, Plus, you can check it out on there. It's beautiful. I definitely hope whenever Black Panther 2 comes around, they use it again for that. One can hope. But if you haven't checked it out, definitely check it out. And, of course, watch the movie. It's still a brilliant movie that holds up well.
0: They did do that for Chadwick Boseman's birthday is when they released it um it also came out the same week that chadwick boseman was named one of the entertainers of the year by entertainment weekly a lot of people are are taking notice of who he is and like you said stanley's the only other person that's gotten this marvel studios logo treatment that chadwick just got and everything they chose it flowed well it was just it was really neat a lot of behind the behind the scenes stuff it was a really good tribute to him
4: well done good taste for a really good man and let's see what else we have going back to netflix they have a new movie called mank it's about the writer of citizen kane one of possibly the best films ever made depending on who you ask if you ask me it's a well-made movie not one of the best films ever but anyways it's a great well-told movie i don't think it'll be for everyone it might be kind of slow for some people but I think if you're into Hollywood history and well made, well acted films, definitely check it out. And then over at Disney Plus, Brian, I know that you brought honor to us all way back already with Mulan, but for me, luckily, it just became for every subscriber on Disney Plus, and I watched it. Brian, you wanna refresh us on what you thought of it?
0: Um, I was, I remember liking it much more than I expected to like it. No music, no Mushu. I'm not one of those guys that's going to boycott because of that. Um, I just don't really like the Disney live action remakes, but I remember liking this one uh, a lot more than I thought I was going to. Um, But that doesn't mean to say that it's my favorite movie of all time.
4: I wanted this live action remake way before so many others that we got. I, I love Mulan. I I thought this would have been a great live-action remake. I think Reflection is one of Disney's best. And I, I might even go a little underrated songs. And when it got to this, I was like, okay, they're going to go more legend-based. I was cool with that. I didn't have any problem with it. But as I'm watching it, the pacing was kind of off. Um, a lot of storylines were rushed or short-changed and i i i felt like the direction they just didn't know the one way they wanted it to go and it surprised me because the director's done some really good movies like well rider and zookeeper that i liked but just overall i mean at one point one character used curtains to like fight off an army i'm like okay so are we just are we are we going kind of fantasy at times i got prince of persia vibes but are we trying to keep it in real i don't understand so I think maybe I just need to revisit it, but my first viewing was I was underwhelmed and it it had a lot of flaws
0: yeah i I honestly haven't revisited it, and I did take I did bite the thirty dollar bullet back when it was on Premier access, mostly just because I wanted that business model to succeed because I wanted to get Black Widow as soon as possible Did't uh, exactly prove out to be to uh, be how it worked, but um. But I, yeah, I, I was okay with the curtain thing. It was more we saw the same final kill if you go Mortal Kombat style. Finish him. We saw that same move three or four different times. It was, yeah. it was, yeah, it was. I mean, it it wasn't the greatest, but I remember still liking it more than I did. Female empowerment, getting Mulan giving her speech. Um, and, and kind of the boys backing her up, that was actually kind of a touching moment. I really enjoy that particular scene. Um, there's some there's some cool female empowerment stuff in there, but overall, just as forgettable as most of the live-action remakes have been for me.
4: Nothing felt too forced, I don't believe, and I oh, like if I, They made it a part that.
0: of the story. I wouldn't have called it forced either. Yeah, I think they did a good yeah. job from that aspect.
4: I think it was very organic and great but there were some scenes where like mulan for example is riding into a battle and it was just f- like not forced but they didn't develop it well it just kind of happened like oh awakening go yeah and i and the cast is brilliant jet Li, and then yiffy Lu, who plays the title character mulan she took on this like you know, iconic Disney character and she like ran with it. Donnie Yen, I think Brian, isn't he in some kind of small space movie? I don't I don't remember. Do you know? I one with the force the forces with me. I
1: one with the force the forces with me. I'm one with the force and the forces with me.
4: Check out Mulan. Definitely go in there open-minded. I hate it when people blast a movie and you're afraid to check it out. Check out this movie. Make your own opinion. Have fun with it. If you're one of those people who decide to stink on a movie, you haven't even seen it. You're the worst. So I say check it out, especially, you know, it's free now on Disney+. Plus.
0: I know any. I know plenty of people who really, 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 really liked it. So um, don't you, I mean, thank you for listening, but you don't need to take our word for absolutely everything. Definitely form your own opinion.
4: And Mark and Brian's world polls. Brian returning to us with a Mount Rushmore asking people, what is your favorite Mount Rushmore Christmas songs sung also sung by who? So, you don't get the easy route of just saying it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Brian wants to know your favorite version and the song. So, Piano Rob, I feel like this is a great time to hear your Mount Rushmore of Christmas song. So, Piano Rob, what you got for us?
1: All right, my my must-have four Christmas songs. And they're interesting ones. If you haven't listened to them, I suggest it. Celebrate Me Home by Kenny Loggins. It's great. The Christmas Waltz by none other than Frank Sinatra. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas, the Johnny Mathis version. It's a classic. And please come home for Christmas. I'm partial to the Eagles version.
4: Some really good choices there, definitely. Brian, this is your
0: poll. So let's hear what you got for us. I don't think I quite went as off the board as Rob did. That was well done, Rob. Thank you so much. Um, I, I, but I, I've, like you said, Mark, it was a little bit of an easy way out if you just say it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas and you don't give a specific rendition or anything like that. Frank Sinatra is always a good choice. Well done, Rob. Uh, but I went with Hallelujah by Mannheim Steamroller. It's the instrumental version. Uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays by NSYNC. That is one of the greatest Christmas albums. <laughs> um, oh, Holy Night. That would have been an easy one to take the easy road out and just say, Oh, Holy Night and move on. But the Celine Dion rendition specifically specifically goosebumps when you combine her voice with some of the lyrics in there and then pentatonix gets on the board with their version of mary did you know which is kind of a it's becoming far more well known now with CeeLo and carrie underwood and multiple other people having remade it but the pentatonix version is my favorite
4: i manheim steamroller i'm always in the mood for and if you ever get a chance to see like those concerts live like go to it i've been to a manheim steamroller
0: concert it's really really fun
4: so epic and brian You, when I saw your answer of Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays by NSYNC. There was no judgment whatsoever because I was so happy that you had that on your Mount Rushmore. So thank you for that. Any when you said oh holy night i'm like okay who's he going with you know some josh groban no 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 you went with the queen celine dion so gotcha and because of you i did have to check out mary did you know pentatonix i'm i'm usually hit or miss so i'm glad you brought up this song i definitely dug it and then i i went with some other choices i went with all i want for christmas is you Uh oh who did i go with singing it Uh, Mariah? No, I'm with Michael Buble. Whoa! (laughs) Blasphemy
0: against Mariah.
4: Mike, I I didn't say it was a bad song. I just said (laughs) personally, if Mariah comes on, I'm like everybody else in the world. I will go for that high note, and everyone who's not in the car with me, you're lucky. Don't get me wrong. I just like the Buble version the most. And then I know everyone's playing the game of seeing how long they can go without listening to last christmas so that doesn't count don't worry but last christmas by exclamation point on the end there wham so that's a must for me and then my next up will be it must have been Oh santa claus by harry connick jr just love it being from new orleans harry connick jr has got to show up and then brian I'm going to I'm you know what I think you'll really appreciate my fourth on my Mount Rushmore. It's by the one and only Sir Paul McCartney. It's called Wonderful Christmas Time.
3: Sipri, a
1: wonderful Christmas time.
4: Brian, where does this one rank on your your Christmas heartstrings?
0: as part of my mount rushmore i also put what song would you choose if you were you would be okay if you never ever heard it again in my in your entire life and not having known this about you mark i did put <laughs> paul mccartney's wonderful christmas time as the song i could go the rest of my life without ever hearing again <laughs> i do not enjoy i just don't enjoy i don't enjoy the beatles in general though so <laughs> go ahead go ahead hang me at town center but i think that's a big part of it i i i oh the song it just doesn't work for me even a little bit it drives me insane
4: so for everyone out there listening uh please make sure to make your messages to Brian who says he doesn't like the beatles anyways i i am glad i surprised you with having wonderful christmas time on my list cuz i do love it whenever just to show the audience out there that you and I do think of things very in a fun way very differently. So, I this was my favorite Christmas song for the longest time. I just thought it was so much fun. I do enjoy hearing some of the interpretations of the song and <laughs> what the song is actually about and I get a kick out of it. I think it's great. I think but brian you know we're just gonna agree to disagree on wonderful christmas time and i'm just gonna flat out say you're extremely wrong about the beatles
0: (laughs) i do think part of my disdain for it is how easily it gets stuck in your head and then (laughs) it's stuck there for a week so i think that's part of it too
4: simply having wonderful
0: christmas time and just... as I, yeah, yeah, I've got three <laughs> weeks now in my head. Thank
4: you. It's just so darn catchy, kind of like a jingle, like the Ghostbusters song. You know, Sir Paul McCartney knew what he was doing when he wrote it.
0: That and reminds then... me, I'm rewatching The Good Place right now, and there was. <laughs> so let's kick things off with our official Bad Place song. One eight seven seven cars for kids. K-A-R-S, Cars for Kids. And it, it's amazing. So anyway, sorry. Tangent.
4: <laughs> That's all right. And then also just being from Louisiana, I got to give a shout out. Any of my friends out there who listen to Benny Grunch and the Bunch and his 12 Yats of Christmas. Ah, just so much fun. I feel like we can't talk about songs without going to our friend. Jeff over at Jeff's Ranking Tracks at CKCC Radio. we got to ask him
3: what his Mount Rushmore is. Jeff, what you got for us? I'm going to give you two traditional songs and two outside-the-box suggestions as well. So for my traditional ones, I'm going to give you Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas by The Pretenders and Silent Night by Josh Groban outside the box I'm gonna give you Queen thank God it's Christmas because anyone who knows me knows that I am a huge Queen fan so gotta give that one a shout out I also have to give a shout out to a song it is a parody song it's not gonna make as much sense to most people outside of the New Haven Connecticut area it is called Christmas in Staven it is a uh, parody to Silver Bells about how Italian it is in uh, East Haven, Connecticut. It is my tradition that it is the first Christmas song I listen to every single year, and it still makes me laugh each and every time, and I've been doing this since college. So it is, to me, the quintessential Christmas song that I have to hear every year. So there you have it my Mount Rushmore of Christmas music. If you want to hear more in two weeks' time, I will be doing a very special Ranking Tracks all Christmas edition episode. So check that out. In the meantime, thank you for having me here on United We Fan. Looking forward to being an actual guest on an upcoming episode. In the meantime, have a good one, everybody.
4: Thanks, Jeff. We really appreciate that. Definitely check him out. Jeff's over at CKCC Radio and United We Fan is partnered up with them. They have a large variety of podcasts, including Jeff's ranking tracks. Check us all out wherever you listen to your podcasts. I mentioned earlier that this week we we're discussing something that divides so many people certain films that take place at Christmas time, but does that make them a Christmas movie? We're going to be mainly focusing on the films Die Hard, The Nightmare Before Christmas, Batman Returns, and Iron Man 3. I did do a small poll asking about these films as well as other Christmas. Are they or not? Are they not Christmas movies? And here are some of the results: Lethal Weapon, Rocky 4 all word knows by quite a lot i was kind of wondering about edward scissorhands but people were like no 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 not edward scissorhands i threw in there jurassic world and some people were like mark what are you talking about jurassic world yeah the boys are on vacation because it's christmas vacation there you go christmas vacation now i got that song stuck in my head thanks brian So in some way, they do involve either Christmas song or Christmas celebration. But the voters on those polls said, no, no, that doesn't make it a Christmas movie. So we're going to, I guess, find out why these movies are considered that. And to my friend Dean, who brought up the friend or the movie Gremlins and at first questioned that. Shame on you, Dean. You stop that nonsense right now. Now, before anyone goes after Dean, he did see the error of his ways and acknowledged that Gremlins is, in fact, a Christmas movie. So, right on. (laughs) And shout out to Gabrielle. She commented on this poll. There were some very heated debates that I'll bring up a little bit later. But Gabrielle wrote, if the plot is unaffected by the fact that it's Christmas, then it's not a Christmas movie. I'm going to circle back to that, but that was just a good, fun thought there. Brian, I think we're going to save Die Hard for last because I know you all are just waiting for us to talk about Die Hard. So I'm going to start us off with what's this? What's this? The Nightmare Before Christmas. On IMDb, it is resting at an 8.0. And if you have Netflix, definitely check out the holiday movies that made us because they do touch on A Nightmare Before Christmas. So according to Netflix, it's a christmas movie so brian after you nightmare before christmas halloween movie christmas movie
0: what you got i man this is honestly the hardest one for me uh if it has to be halloween or christmas i'm i would generally pick halloween now i will say this as much as i love Haunted Mansion holiday that they do every year at Disneyland with the Nightmare Before Christmas Haunted Mansion layover. I absolutely adore that specific attraction, but I don't really like Nightmare Before Christmas. There's really nothing about that animation style. Tim Burton, usually in general, Edward Scissorhands removed from that Batman, Michael Keaton removed from that a little bit too, but I, I don't, I, don't, I just don't love Nightmare Before Christmas. If I had to put it in one category, though, I would call it a Halloween movie with the simple fact that the most iconic Danny Elfman song to come out of that movie is, this is Halloween. Um, what's this? Talking about snow is more Christmas, but I would say it's more of a Halloween movie than a Christmas movie.
4: I... I do have to check it out over at Disneyland. It's on my list as soon as things open back up again. He was in the Disneyland friend of mine as well. He goes, um, he thinks that Nightmare is a Halloween movie. And one of his arguments was, well, Disneyland does their layover starting in October. So around Halloween time. So why would Disney have it then if it's a Christmas movie? And I was like, all right, well, you know, that's kind of an interesting thought. But well, they also my, don't take it down um, until
0: January after Christmas is over, so.
4: <laughs> I brought that up as well. I was like, well, they take it down, so what does that mean? So let's take it like My whole thinking was, what is the movie about? It's about Jack Skellington the and King. discovering his town's traditions kind of bore him. So he discovers this new celebration called Christmas. And the movie is about The christmas celebration and what it means in the spirit of christmas with Santa claus and all that and i said to myself all right how do i want to think of this if jack skellington was from new orleans and he was tired of mardi gras and discovered christmas like the would it like be a mardi gras movie no it's about christmas so i i don't think i don't know if that made sense at all in my head it did but anyways I don't think the Halloween, it's Halloween Town. I don't think the Halloween aspect really played as much as the Christmas aspect. So for me, Nightmare is a Christmas movie. But will I watch it at Halloween? Oh, you betcha. I'll watch it at Halloween and I'll watch it at Christmas. Now, Brian, let me ask you this. Have you seen The Corpse Bride?
0: I can't stand that movie.
4: I was going to ask because that's kind of a fun, like... Which one do you prefer, Nightmare Before Christmas or Corpse Bride?
0: I I think it's the Christmas, even mild Christmas aspect of of Nightmare Before Christmas that even makes it palatable for me. Corpse Bride, there's there's nothing in that movie for me at all. (laughs) There's nothing about it that I like.
4: Well, all right then, for all you voters out there. I think I like Corpse Bride. If you were to say, which one do you want to watch? Right now, I think I'd be in the mood to watch more Nightmare. But on a normal season, I would have said... I am going to give the edge to Corpse Bride. I just enjoy that one more.
0: No, it is Halloween Town. Um, you said something that I, I did want to yeah. address. It is Halloween Town, but they really use the spirit of Christmas to reinvigorate their love for Halloween more than anything. Now, you do get a little Santa Claus magic, excuse me, Sandy Claus magic <laughs> that <laughs> saves everything. Um, but the Pumpkin King just becomes more of the Pumpkin King at the end of it. So uh, if you call it a Christmas movie, I won't argue with you. Um, but right. spoiler alert for the rest of the episode, this is the least Christmas movie I will call of the four.
4: Wow. I thought this was the most Christmas movie of the four. See, this is why Brian and I are such great co hosts, because he's wrong a lot of times and I'm right, but we get along. <laughs> okay.
2: Oh, sick burn.
4: To get another view on this, we're going to turn it over to our good friend of the show. Mark over at this Diz Life podcast, good friend of the show. Definitely check out his show; can't recommend it enough. Well, Mark, what do you think? Nightmare Before Christmas—is it
2: Christmas or is it Halloween? There are a lot of people that consider The Nightmare Before Christmas uh, a Christmas movie. It, it's really not that easy of a answer for me because I the the millisecond that it's November first, I I go into Christmas mode. So I kind of abandon all things Halloween pretty quickly. But there there are people out there that Halloween is like 24-7, 365 for them. And those individuals, Nightmare Before Christmas is not just a Christmas movie for them. Like it's it's whatever whatever season you want, like that movie applies for them. In my opinion, Nightmare Before Christmas is not a Christmas movie. It is a Halloween movie. That's kind of the whole thing behind it that Jack wants to fit himself into the Christmas paradigm, and it just does not work out. So in my opinion, the the story of the movie itself kind of lends itself to the whole narrative of, is this movie a Christmas movie? And I have to say, unequivocally, it is not. You cannot shoehorn The Nightmare Before Christmas into that genre. It's its own thing. It's a wonderful movie, but it is not a Christmas movie. So I, I'd have to say, like, no way. But I I love the question. It's an amazing question. We have these kind of things that we we talk about all the time on our podcast, which is Disney Life Podcast. I have a lot of great hosts on, Disney personalities, and we have a lot of podcasters on to to share and talk about this kind of thing. But you can find us over at www.disneylifepodcast.com. We release new episodes every single Wednesday. And I, I love talking about this kind of stuff. So this kind of question is right up my alley.
4: All right, so it looked like Mark was Team Brian with it being Halloween. That's okay. Another fun debate about this movie is, is this one of Tim Burton's best directed films? And then, of course, all those film nerds out there push up their glasses and go, uh, matter of fact, Tim Burton did not direct this. So just running everyone, Henry Selleck. He did direct The Nightmare Before Christmas, but obviously Tim Burton produced, you know, did a whole lot with it, but fun trivia fact. Moving on from Tim Burton to Tim Burton, we're going to be talking about Batman Chance. So, sitting on IMDb 7.0, I will go ahead and make this statement. It is my favorite of the quadrilogy batman films: so out of batman batman returns batman forever and batman and robin really? this was my favorite, yeah and i i know we we won't do i'll try not to make this section all about that and we'll have to revisit it but yeah batman returns i think is extremely underrated i think it's the best told of those four films and it is actually my second favorite batman movie
0: oh man Whoa, I was not ready for that. This is not what the episode is about. This is specifically about the Christmas element. But I rewatched this movie for the first time in a long time. And I, oh man, I do not have that feeling at all. Uh, It is, it is, oh, I I honestly didn't think it was a very good movie. Like it didn't age well for me. Uh, it, it, It tells a Catwoman movie and it tells a Penguin movie. But Christmas, the very first line of dialogue in Batman Returns, is Merry Christmas, the very last line of dialogue in Batman Returns, unless I'm forgetting a piece of dialogue, but Alfred tells Bruce Merry Christmas, and Bruce tells Alfred Merry Christmas. If you begin oh. your movie and you end with Merry Christmas, it's a Christmas movie.
4: Bruce does respond with and goodwill towards men, and then looks at that cute little kitty, and then says, and women. So yeah, definitely begins and ends with a
0: christmas line depending on time of year the big people's biggest argument that they're going to have with our next three movies is they were all summer blockbusters iron man 3 batman returns and Die Hard. all summer blockbusters came out in may june july time frame um but i will remind you that i mean if you never knew it may not be a reminder miracle on 34th street is that a christmas movie yes absolutely if you think miracle on 34th street is not you need to get checked out but that also came out in june it's a wonderful life came out in January after the Christmas season it doesn't always have to be a, a release at Christmas time to be a Christmas movie but I get I, I digress the essentials of of a Christmas movie a lot of stuff is happening around Christmas time max Shrek's entire store is decorated for Christmas um, and all that kind of stuff I I am very comfortable in in seeing gotham covered in snow all that kind of stuff i i'm comfortable in calling this movie a christmas movie
4: for this podcast when i went back and watched it i went in there with very objective i was like okay can christmas be taken out of this movie because that's what i'm looking at yes it takes place at christmas time but is it about christmas and i think the christmas holiday could you take it out yeah but it'll weaken the story I think it's the big thing, starting it off with Christmas shopping, you know, and you get to see a different side of Gotham and the snow, and then also you kind of get a little deeper into Bruce, you know, being alone on Christmas. Everyone is supposed to be with someone, and there's Bruce in his big room with that huge spotlight bat signal that just shines on him, reminding you, even Batman, like, he's alone on Christmas. But anyways... I I think this is a Christmas
0: movie. The least believable thing about this movie to me is the fact that Penguin's only supposed to be 35 years old. Doesn't <laughs> doesn't work for me. But Penguin was born at Christmas time. Penguins in general are a very Christmassy animal. Um I, I, I'm comfortable in calling this one a Christmas movie. Yep.
4: Going back to it. I know it didn't sell as many Happy Meal toys, and that's what Warner Brothers and McDonald's wasn't too happy about, but I loved Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman. I think Danny DeVito played a, a very great, ahead of his time, Penguin. I think if it kind of had been the Nolan time period where things were darker, people maybe celebrated a little bit more. And I think Michael Keaton got a chance to really dive deeper into Batman. So, you know, give it a shot. I know I'm, I don't think I'll be hated on as much as Brian and his Beatles opinion, but I I think some Batman fans are going to definitely be coming for me. So Brian, you and I may get some hate
0: mail for the first time. Batman 89 runs laps around this, this movie for me. I, I, that I, you're, everybody's entitled to their own opinion, but that just really (laughs) caught me off guard.
4: See, I, I won't even get mad at people for saying I'm wrong about, Batman Returns being better than Batman. You know, <laughs> we, we make decisions. You're listening to our podcast. and You want to hear our thoughts. And I'm just going to zing ya right there with that one.
0: And if you want to join us to discuss your thoughts and you're interested in co-hosting an episode, please let us know at UnitedWeFanPodcast at gmail.com.
4: Yeah, definitely. You know, we had Patrick on with our Broadway show. Frankie's been on two episodes. We love guest hosts. So definitely join us. Party on.
1: Party on, Wayne!
4: Party on, Garth. Next up, we're going to do another superhero flick. This one's over in the Marvel Universe. Of course, I'm talking about Iron Man 3. Sitting at 7.2 on IMDb, I will, in all openness, say that this is my least... And I love the Marvel Universe. This is my least... I don't want to say enjoyed, because I feel like that is so negative. But this is my least go-to viewing of the Marvel movies. I remember I saw it. It was an Iron Man. What did they do? They showed the first one, the second one, then Avengers, the first one, and then they showed Iron Man 3. And I was so ready for it. I still have the 3D glasses from it. They look like Iron Man armor. Epic, thanks AMC. But by the time I was done with it, it just didn't hold up to me. The I didn't mind like a different tone obviously between Shane Black and John Favreau. But it it just didn't connect to me. And then, of course, with Endgame and Infinity War, I did my Marvel marathons. And something happened. Several movies started to grow on me and really become, like, hit me. Like, I started liking them a lot more. Thor, Dark of the World, that grew on me more. The Incredible Hulk, that grew on me more. And Iron Man 3 started to grow on me. And, you know, who knows? If I can like Iron Man 3, maybe one day I'll like The Last Jedi more. Who knows? You know, things can happen. But (laughs) I I will say I enjoy Iron Man 3. I definitely appreciate it a lot more. And I don't like, I, I won't say bad things about it anymore. I enjoy it. So, Brian, I'm done rambling. Go for it. Iron Man 3, Christmas movie or not. And I will fully acknowledge that I did not in any way answer that from my perspective
0: iron man 3 to me is one of the most underappreciated mcu movies i wouldn't call it underrated because it is in the lower half for in my opinion but it's so underappreciated i think a lot of people have a bad taste in their mouth because of the mandarin twist a little bit especially real comic book people um, I really like how the story played out, and it plays exactly into why I say Iron Man 3 is a Christmas movie. Sure. Can the story be told about extremists without it having to take place at Christmas? Yeah. Can Pepper ever get a gigantic bunny with a thing <laughs> around its neck that says Merry Christmas, Pepper? Absolutely not. When he tells Jarvis to drop the needle, and we listen to jingle bells like all that kind of stuff. You get a fair amount of Christmas music throughout this movie. Um, you get a bunch of good uh, good snow stuff when he's when he's dragging his Iron Man suit through the Tennessee wilderness. Um, you get Stan Lee's cameo at the Christmas pageant. You get multiple Christmas things, but in this movie. But the thing that to me, my theory, I didn't now I didn't come up with this theory, but I very much subscribe to this theory of it being a Christmas movie. It is, it is the MCU version of A Christmas Carol. Tony is not the same person at the beginning of the movie as he is at the end of the movie. And we definitely know that from an overall MCU standpoint, from Iron Man 1 all the way up to Endgame. He's a very different person. But even in Iron Man 3, let's take just this movie, he is confronted by the ghost of Christmas past. That is Maya, the girl who created Extremis that he starts the movie with. Side note, 1999, Y2K, New Year's, seeing happy Jon Favreau with really long hair. That's a great look for him. I love that. (laughs) Thank you. I do appreciate it. Oh, yeah. And the movie does have a New Year's component to it. That makes it Christmassy as well. But Maya, the ghost of Christmas past, the ghost of Christmas present, who tells him about how selfish he's being and shining a lot of light on that, is Harvey Keener, the kid from the movie. He's also in Jurassic World, another Christmas, not Christmas movie. He then corrects his present day by confronting the ghost of Christmas present by kind of becoming a better father figure to the eyes of a child, which then really helps him with his role as as father figure in Peter Parker's life later on. Uh, And the ghost of Christmas future, we have Aldrich Killian, um, who is exactly who Tony Stark would have been if Tony had not changed his ways and become a better person throughout Iron Man 1, Iron Man 2, Iron Man 3, The Avengers, all that kind of stuff. Aldrich Killian is the ghost of Christmas future. Harvey Keener is the ghost of Christmas present and Maya is the ghost of Christmas past. Hearing that
4: I love, I love that aspect of it. I can totally see it. I have no problems with it. Is it canon? Who cares? It's a fun theory. <laughs> I dig it. My whole thinking with this movie was does Christmas play an essential role to the film? No, it doesn't. I think yes, Christmas. It does written out of this movie so easily you don't need it but is Christmas a fun addition yes so I think therefore it makes it a much more fun movie so in my opinion I will allow Iron Man 3 to be a Christmas movie because the fun songs some fun gifts here and there but it, I, it it wouldn't have taken a strong writer like Shane Black to not need Of course, Shane Black is, like, addicted to Christmas. But it it wouldn't have taken a strong writer like him to leave out the Christmas stuff and to replace it with other things. I don't think it was mandatory, but it made it a lot more fun.
0: Without my Christmas Carol theory, the other things I would point to is the Mandarin gives Christmas Day as his deadline. Sure, it could have been a different day, uh, but it wasn't. It was Christmas. The Christmas tree on the oil rig and Tony's Christmas present to Pepper is blowing up all the suits. So it's definitely got enough Christmas elements that the story would at least be different if it wasn't for being Christmas.
4: My thing is, Tony, being Tony Stark, could have given her a giant rabbit, didn't have to be a Christmas gift, just could be, <laughs> I love you, here's a giant rabbit, blowing up the suits that had, that's, that. yes, he did say it's a Christmas gift. That could have been Tony's gift to say, look, I'm committed to you, I love you, here's my gift to you. It didn't have to be a Christmas gift. Um, the Christmas lights on the ship, did anybody else think of Lethal Weapon 2? Anyone? Anyone? Like I said, Christmas wasn't essential to the story, but it did add a lot more fun to it, so I'm good with that making it a Christmas movie. But I, I as far as the four movies, I think it's the the second to least essential Christmas elements. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but anyways, Christmas made it fun. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And if, if you're like me and have to make this part of your Christmas viewing every year, then, uh, we're all about it. That's, but this is what I'm hoping for with Spider-Man three, having been moved to December of 2021 next year. I hope we get a full out MCU Christmas film.
4: Ooh, that would be good. Yeah. I'd be okay with that. Of course, like everything we're already hearing about Spider Man, that movie's gonna be like three hours long. There's gonna so, be a lot to
0: fit in, yep. And if they're able to fit in Chris Pine's Spider Verse Christmas album into the soundtrack, even better.
4: Oh, Spotty Bells, Spotty Bells swinging through Midtown. Oh, what fun to sling a web and take the bad guys down. Spotty Bells, Spotty Bells quipping all the time. Oh, what fun to swing around New York while body crime. I thought his Spider-Man was brilliant. I loved his Spider-Man album and how they even referenced it. So check that out if you're in the holiday spirit and in the Spider-Man
0: spirit. You can find that album on Spotify or wherever you find your Christmas music.
4: Next up, a very controversial, is it, or is it not a Christmas movie? You see articles written about it. Bruce Willis even chimed in about it. And You know, it could get you a lump of coal if you pick the wrong answer, wrong side, instead of getting a really good gift, and hopefully
0: it doesn't ruin any friendships. Not this one, Mark. I'm confident in our friendship.
4: I know. After your Beetle comment and (laughs) Beetle's comment and after my Batman Returns comment, I think we'll be fine. (laughs) So, of course, talking about Die Hard. Die
1: Hard!
4: Dude, you didn't say Die Hard. Is everything okay? 8.2 on imdb and it's also on their 125 top rated films and i truly do believe that it I, i haven't thought about it but it's definitely in the top 10 best action movies of all time and you know if i actually thought about it it'd probably be in top five and when i asked my poll friends what they thought of it it won by a small amount so you know the facebook world out there is kind of almost pretty much divided on it but I will simply say this does it take place at Christmas time yes does that make it a Christmas movie technically yes (laughs) at a Christmas party there's Christmas music and Bruce Willis even wraps his life building saving gun in Christmas wrapping tape so that's a whole lot of Christmas but I will say, I will go back to my question of, is Christmas an essential aspect to the story? And I will answer that after Brian gives us his answer. Go for it, Brian.
0: Christmas is absolutely essential to the story for Die Hard. Now, 62% of Americans do not believe that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. That was a neither higher number than Bruce I expected. Burlitt.
4: Oh, that is a high number. It's a good point. Yeah, but neither
0: does Bruce Willis. So if that helps you out at all. To those that voted on this poll that you mentioned, by the way, Iron Man 3 only got like three votes as a Christmas movie. Y'all need to go at least watch it and picture it as, as a Christmas carol. It's fun. Um, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Yes, I think it is. Um, the time of year is is essential. Sure, you can say that that company can have a big party, but companies don't do big parties like that <laughs> except for the Christmas time. Remove the Scranton picnic from the office, away from everything. Companies really don't do parties like that, except for Christmas time. His wife invites him because their marriage is crumbling, sure. They're trying to save the marriage, but he's in L.A. because he's home for Christmas. Christmas is... Uh, uh, there's just too much Christmas in this movie for me to to rule it out completely.
4: So my friend Brad uh, defended this movie as being one, but... <sighs> I'm going to get sidetracked. He tried turning my argument of, is Christmas an essential part of the story? And I will answer that later. I promise I won't forget. And he tried turning it on me with Home Alone. I got fired up. I got very passionate. Would I have launched a pink can over a railing at a watermelon of Brad? No, no. I still <laughs> that. Just but
0: let a tarantula loo- loose on him.
4: Yeah, I, you know, I'd put the tarantula on his face. I wouldn't give Brad the, the wet bandit treatment um, or the sticky bandit treatment. But I, I went off on him. I'm like, Christmas is such a huge part and vital, vital part of Home Alone. And I'm just like, stop it. You stop that right now. And if you watch Home Alone and don't think that's a Christmas movie, who hurt you? That's all I want to know. Who
0: hurt you? <laughs> Anyways. Um, oh wait, my- wait, wait, wait. I do want to say to Brad's point, sure, <laughs> it's not essential to the family going on vacation, but it's essential right. to, A, the robbers going in their cop outfit at the very beginning, and, B, the entire neighborhood being away for th- for Christmas. Like, not everybody goes on vacation at the exact same time except for Christmas. Back to you.
3: <laughs>
4: Back to me. So Brad and I also got into a a healthy debate about this because he's like, the whole reason he went to LA is because his wife invited him to a Christmas party. Well, when I watched it, I took it as Bruce Willis went there to try to salvage and save his marriage. And they just used a Christmas party as a good excuse. See, they used a Christmas party. Okay, well, it could have been any kind of company party. Brian, I work for a company that they do throw giant parties yearly here and there. So it's not that unplausible to think the company would just throw, you know, you could write it in as, oh, we just landed a big marketing sale. Oh, what what does Holly Gennaro do? I don't, Brian, do we know what his wife does? Uh,
0: No, not at all
4: good has nothing to do with christmas anyway i think
0: if you look at her business card it just says plot device i'm pretty sure
4: <laughs> a plot device to move the <laughs> anyways so for me it could have been any kind of party but did making it a christmas party like with you know iron man did christmas make it more fun no i don't think making a christmas party made it any more fun did the christmas music in the movie make it more fun <sighs> Yeah, I really did like the Christmas music, and oh my gosh, when the credits, like, started, you, they were like, this is a Christmas music, like, here comes the music, the credits are going to roll, to Christmas music, it's for sure, even the big reveal when the safe opens, you have the Christmas music, so music definitely strengthened the movie, definitely helped it out, not that it needed help, but the music definitely went stronger with it being Christmas, and Is it about the Christmas holiday? Like, anything with the spirit of Christmas, anything? For me, no. I mean, it has nothing to do with, really, the Christmas spirit. But like I pointed out earlier, you know, Bruce Willis used Christmas wrapping tape to strap the gun to his back in an iconic, one of the best action movie moments. And if you watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine... Nine-Nine!
0: That is Is a Christmas episode, by the way. Of Brooklyn is it? it is a Christmas episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yep, they are Christmas shopping for the rest of the precinct.
4: Oh, see, I wasn't even thinking of that Die Hard reference one. But yes, that one's good, too. I was thinking oh, of the you're one. you're talking Nakatomi Plaza? They, <laughs> that where, one's good, too. Oh, my God. There's another one even. Not even that one. I was thinking of the one where they have the hostage situation team up with the FBI and CIA.
0: Oh, had, dude, yeah. Uh, that's, I, I didn't go there at all.
4: But oh man, there's so many. Of course, it's Jake, he loves Die Hard.
0: Here's the situation 12 terrorists, one cop, just the way he likes it. Who's he? Me. Why are you calling Me. yourself he? Because that's the tagline from the Die Hard poster.
4: Is Die Hard a Christmas movie that I will watch at Christmas time? No. Is it a great action movie? Yes. um Am I mad? I think some people, though, and it's okay to admit this, that. There are some people out there who just like saying that Die Hard is a Christmas movie,
0: just the poke the bear of people. You're talking to one of them.
4: (laughs) Brian, our podcast, Bear Poker. The Beatles are overrated and Die
0: Hard's a Christmas movie. (laughs) Poking the bear.
4: But I, you know, I will honestly say I think this is the, I don't even, I originally I was ready to make the bold statement of I think it's the least Christmas movie on our list of four. But, you know, talking to you, it it has warmed up on me. Will I watch it at Christmas time? Sure.
1: Welcome to the party, pal.
4: Is it a Christmas movie to me? No, but I'll happily watch it at Christmas time because I feel like it's become a, a tradition. So that's what I'll go with.
0: Yeah, and I'm not passionate about any of these four movies being in my, with the exception of just my love for the MCU of Iron Man 3 being in my Christmas rotation, but it it is a fun conversation. But if you're talking about the Christmas spirit personified, just look at a picture, a portrait of Reginald Bell Johnson. You can just, the man is the Christmas spirit just walking the earth. I love him.
4: He is. And also, I laugh every time when the SWAT team is going through the thorn bushes. And you just see these like strong men,
0: like, huh, huh, huh. ow, 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 ow. <laughs> it just makes me laugh every time. <laughs> but I was a little more uh, giving than you were this holiday season, Mark, I think. Uh, but part of that is just, I love Christmas. It's my favorite holiday. And however anybody wants to celebrate it, if you want to celebrate it with with Nightmare Before Christmas, A, Y, B, good for you. (laughs) Batman Returns, A, Y, B, good for you. Uh, But Iron Man 3, Die Hard, anything that reminds you of Christmas, reminds you of family, reminds you of the spirit of the season. It's really up to you. I just really want to say, stop getting so worked up on Facebook about is Die Hard a Christmas movie or not. <laughs> Brad, I, I, and I say that lovingly to you, Brad, of course. If you
4: enjoy watching these movies at Christmas time, please go watch them. I love hearing about people watching with family, friends, it becoming a tradition. If this is one of those movies, go for it. We just wanted to help possibly with some more of the arguments of a friendly debate, are they, aren't they? And, you know, the Die Hard 1, it's going to go on. It's going to continue on. And, you know, just do it in a fun, happy way. But I will say this, if you dare question if Gremlins or Home Alone is a Christmas movie, (laughs) we will have words. I will bite my thumb at you. That concludes this episode. We thank you, fellow fans, for uniting with us and listening. Let's hear it for this month's sponsor, Piano Rob. Check out his social media, tune in for his live streams, or safely check him out live. Puts on a great show, and he does it for several hours. Bravo to him for going to 110% and turning it up to 11 every time. Next episode on UWF, Brian and I will be discussing some of our Christmas movie musts and some other Christmas traditions. For those listeners who want to get in touch with the show, please do so. Brian, tell our listeners how
0: they can message the show and stay up to date on everything uwF. You can find us on Instagram at UnitedWeFanPodcast. Podcast and new on Facebook, we have a Facebook page now, United We fan the podcast and you can see that uh, linked there as well with all of our episode posters, similar to what's on Instagram. And again, if you want to co-host with us or anything or you want to hear us talk about, shoot us an email at unitedwefanpodcast at gmail.com.
4: We look forward to hearing from you all some of your <laughs> kind feedback after this episode of Special thing. <laughs> but yeah, thank you again and listen to us wherever you check out your podcast. So we unite again, fans. If you go anywhere this holiday season, please be safe and watch out for the Sticky Bandits. I loved you in A Christmas Story, by the way.